Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome or welcome back to the Thoughts That Manifest podcast. I'm Elle, and I am a mindset and manifestation coach who aims to inspire you to awaken your mind to the limitless potential that is within you. Hello, everyone. Courtney and I are back today with another episode for you. And today's episode, we are talking all about your higher self versus ego and how to tell the difference between the two and how to connect more with your higher self, plus some journaling prompts that we're also going to be answering. So this is an exciting episode. How are you today, Courtney? I'm good. Good. Just woke up an hour ago drinking my coffee, got my water. Love it. I have my coffee as well. I got my Lauren. I'm so excited that you're going to be here and have a countdown for when you show up. Leaving for Hawaii in 33 days and Ooh. you'll be here in like 46 days. So I cannot the wait. It's going to be so nice. Oh, so nice. I cannot wait. I miss my Courtney. You guys pray for me. I made some big, well, actually, I think we both made some pretty big moves. Oh yeah. And they're both on the same day, which is so weird. And we didn't even talk about it. We were just like, we're doing it. And no, we're just going to plan it. So wild. So for me, if you've been listening for a while now, you probably know that I have been struggling to conceive and I kind of put my testing journey on pause because I had a really bad experience, which I've mentioned in a previous episode. So I was really terrified to move forward with more testing, but something was like weighing on my heart. And I was like, you know what? I need to just get over my fears and do it. So on Monday, I am getting my HSG procedure done that I've been so afraid of. And I can't, I can wait to be honest, but I can't wait to just get it over with. And hopefully you this is like, you what can, I need. can't wait. I know because I'm just sick of not having any answers, not knowing why I'm not able to conceive. And if this is the next part of my journey that I need to take, then this is what I have to do. And I asked, you know, the universe for a sign that day when I scheduled my appointment, I was like, listen, like if I am meant to do this and this is going to get me one step closer to my baby and I have nothing to fear, show me a sign. And a few hours later, I was just like sitting on my couch and a ladybug appeared next to me. And I was like, okay, this is a sign. I searched the meaning as well. And it was like, if you see a ladybug, this is a sign of luck, fertility, and possible expansion of your family. So I was like, holy shit, this is the sign that I needed. So that was really great. And then like the money aspect of it was like really like I was struggling with because it is expensive to get all of this stuff done. And a bird hit my window, which is crazy because we talked about this in our last episode of how this happened to me. Like when I first moved into my house back in 2021 and I had not seen it since. And then literally yesterday it happened again where a bird hit my window and I was like, what the heck? And not even like an hour later, I get a phone call that essentially was confirmation that I have unexpected money coming in to help me, which I thought was mind-blowing as well. So yeah, I just wanted to share that because you guys, signs and synchronicities, look for them, listen to them because the universe is always talking to you and it really does kind of bring you hope. Now share your story about what you're doing. Yeah, so I guess because we don't record on YouTube, people don't necessarily know what I look like, but I've had like 
crooked gap teeth like my whole life and I sucked my thumb as a kid so my parents like refused to get braces that and I think like they didn't want to secretly admit to themselves that like they didn't have the thousands of dollars to fix it I just also think it wasn't a priority for them but anyway so I don't suck my thumb at 31 years old I don't do that anymore so I'm just so sick of like my teeth they're like there's, they're kind of like turning now. So like one of my front teeth is like, not only is there a gap, but like it's turning and it's going back. And then like, there's a lot of space in the top teeth and a ton of crowding and pushing in the bottom teeth. And I'm lucky that I don't have wisdom teeth. I've never had them. So luck, lucky there. But I was like, it's, what'd you say? It's like my season of change right now. Yeah. It's a lot about like self-discovery, personal growth, and just like like physical change or something like that you were telling me so I was just like I went to a regular dentist like maybe a month ago or less that my husband thought was an orthodontist was not they were like you're gonna need jaw surgery if you want to fix your smile and I was like that sounds absolutely insane no one I've ever talked to that I was like I want braces to fix my teeth has been like you need jaw surgery So they were like, okay, well, we're not actually an orthodontist anyway. And I was like, wait, what? They were like, yeah, we're not an orthodontist. And I was like, huh? And they were like, here's an orthodontist. Yeah, it was just ridiculous. Well, they couldn't perform the surgery anyway. So I don't know why they were telling me that. Anyway, so they give me the recommendation of this Austin area orthodontist who's like super highly rated. I do feel a little bit awkward going in his office because it's like, mostly children and like the whole office is designed for kids like there's little games and but it's whatever he's really good apparently at like what he does and he's really nice so I go in there and whatever we talk about everything they take pictures I luckily already had a ton of extensive x-rays from that first appointment they sent over to the orthodontist because who hates getting dental x-rays I um do. me I literally I had to just go get them the last writing on those things Ugh. it hurts like we gotta come up with a better system anyway So he tells me, you have plenty of space in your jaw. We don't need to do surgery. Surgery is drastic. He's like, if I did surgery in my entire career on someone because they were older and they needed braces and to fix their crossbite, which is like, basically when I bite down, my teeth don't align. They're, they're off, which right now I'm lucky enough that I have what's called a functional crossbite. So it's not like damaging my jaw. But it, it is a crossbite. Some people have painful crossbites where like it actually affects where your jaw aligns. But he was like, I'm not going to do jaw surgery. We're just going to do everything else. He's like, I really don't think you need it, which was good. So whatever, I choose the braces I want. I make the appointment for next Monday to have them put on, which I didn't know you were having your appointment next Monday either, even though they're at different times. It would have been weirder if they were at the same time. would have been so weird. Um, <laughs> But um, I get the price and the lady and I are talking about the price. First of all, it was nice because it was cheaper than I thought. But the price is literally 5550. I'm just like, immediately send it to tell Lauren. I'm like, what the hell? What are the chances that the price is $5,505? Like, yeah, like $5,505. And that repetition is signifies change. And I didn't tell you that the night before Trevor and I went for a drive and the weirdest thing happened. So like I didn't have contacts or glasses in and we were going for like a night drive, right? Because he wanted like 
what a burger um which is open 24 hours and we're like driving and we've just moved so it's like everything is kind of new so i swear to god i saw a restaurant that had like a giant five and that's the only thing i could see when we were driving to and from what a burger and i was like well that's kind of weird and then we drove to the same place the next day because he was hungry again and he didn't want to have to cook and there's no restaurant with the number five on it. Like, it's not there. Hmm, that's weird. And I was like, oh, am I crazy? <laughs> and then the other day I was having a hard time, like, I'm having a really hard time with, like, my physical appearance or whatever. Because, like, I've worked, I worked really hard for a long time, and you know this, to get to, like, a very manageable, comfortable weight. And unfortunately, I've gained all of the weight back, pretty much. And so I've been feeling really, like, a lot of, like, shame and guilt and just personal, like, disappointment and defeat over that. And I was literally, like, I bought a bathing suit. It's a size large. I tried it on. We were at a friend's house because they were like, oh, let's go swimming. I try it on. It doesn't fit. It's too small. It's too tight. And in the moment, which this is kind of character development, in the moment, I was I was okay. I was like kind of defeated, but I was like, it's fine. We're just going to return it. It'll be okay. But the car ride home, I just start crying. I'm just I'm pissed. I'm like crying because I'm so frustrated. And I see a sign that says 5610. And it's the only thing that stuck out to me on that whole car ride home. I still haven't looked up what that means. Do you want to look it up? Yeah, I have no idea. Because sometimes, like, I'm a big numbers girl when it comes to, like, numerology and stuff. Like I am too, but only, like, the ones that, like, stick out to me that, like, I'm not actually looking for. Because, like, if I'm driving through a neighborhood and I see the number on everyone's house, I'm not like, oh my god, let me look up every number. No, yeah, yeah. It's only the ones that really stick. Yeah, but that's the only one I physically remember on that ride. And I was just like, hmm, that's interesting. All right, so I'm just going to click on the first one because why not? All right, so it says, usually success needs a positive move and a motive to achieve it. Therefore, angel number 5610 is here to give you the way through which you can achieve that success. Additionally, it would help if you stood strong to fight for the negatives running in your head. They prevent you from focusing on the goal you want to achieve. Also, success That's literally exactly it. And willingness to achieve it. Thus, you need to seek an angel's guidance to help you focus on the goal and stay consistent. Furthermore, it would be best to stop comparing yourself with others. Or even my previous self. (laughs) Yes, especially those who have already achieved their success. Sorry if you can hear my dog. Only heard him once. This will harm your judgment and it will make you lose focus on achieving that goal. Hence, you have to stay bold and determined about your goal in life. So essentially, yeah, it's about not letting the negativity distract you from your goals. To Which stop exactly comparing. I, yep. I was literally just like in this constant thought process of being so negative because I mean, you know, because we've had conversations about this where, and I had a conversation with my sister where she was like, of course you struggle because you were literally like tortured as a kid about the way that you looked from basically every aspect of your life, like your friends at school, grandparents, parents, me, everyone. And so it's really tough as an adult to like have confidence and be okay. And it's like all the things I thought I had addressed and kind of dealt with, I guess, or processed when I was like skinny or healthy, whatever, thin, whatever you want to call it. I realized I never dealt with. I just lost the weight. 
And yeah. I think maybe that's the life lesson in gaining this weight again oh, is like, I didn't emotionally deal with anything. I just lost weight. Yeah. And now um, it's kind of like you have another chance to like work, actually work through the root cause of how you're feeling. Right? Yeah. Which I think can tie into, we can now tie this into our original topic of like ego driven thinking, because the whole reason I think initially for me losing weight was all ego driven. It was, I want to look a certain way. I want to be considered stereotypically beautiful. Like I want to fit in with like, it's not your fault, but like you and all your college friends, I wanted to fit in with you guys. Like I felt like I didn't, I felt like the weird fat one. And so I think the motives behind what I did were not intentional. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It was more so like a surface level thing, right? Where it's like, we, we tend to See, I find that ego is very driven by like surface level, external validation, fear, self-doubt, self-sabotage. And it's also very driven by comfort and familiarity. It's, so, it's a lot of like jealousy and, and greed type uh-huh. of mentality. I just watched the movie Psycho, which I had never seen. And I feel like that's complete egoic thinking. Like if you can ever, I mean, it's a really gory, very raunchy movie, but if you can watch it I'm surprised Um, you watched it then well Trevor Trevor saw it and he's like I can't believe you've never seen like this cult classic movie and I was like no I've never seen it and we watched it and I was like that person is literally insane psycho literally that's why it's called psycho right and I want to make this point as well right because I feel like a lot of people in the spiritual community and things like that they can kind of push this idea or narrative that you have to get rid of your ego and like pretty much live a life without ego and that's impossible that's not a thing like you can't live without your ego your ego actually protects you in many places and it also or in many many circumstances it protects you it can protect you in danger it can protect you from getting taken advantage of without ego we would easily get taken advantage of and be very self-sacrificing. Yeah, I I would say also like even after we're done talking about egoic thinking and the ego, what it really is, which in a psychology book, it's actually, I believe it's actually defined as something slightly different than in like spiritual realms when you discuss what the ego is, which we can kind of explain that. I can look that up and explain that. But I would say... The first introduction that I had that someone kind of brought to my attention, which was, I think it was my husband's brother brought it to him and then he brought it to me. And then we've talked about it. That really opened my eyes was Eckhart Tolle. He's a great author. You can listen to his audiobooks or get his book, whatever you do, if you like to read or you like to listen. I really need to listen to it, I think, again. Is The Power of Now. The Power of Now is definitely a good one. Yeah, Um, he has a lot of good books. I forget. He just has a ton of good books. The Oh, A New Earth. Yes. That is the one that I started with. I started with A New Earth and then I went to The Power of Now. And that will kind of really solidify for you in much more depth and how you can find these concepts popping up in your own life. And all it does and all it did for me really, which is exactly what Lauren was explaining is it doesn't make the ego go away. No one's going to live without their ego. If someone cuts you off in traffic and you want to murder them, like internally, but you know that that's wrong. So we're not going to do it, but it makes you that angry. That's your ego. But 
you're never, so you're never going to fully get rid of it, right? It's always going to be there. What Eckhart does a really great job of is teaching us how to just recognize when it pops up. Yeah, self-awareness. What it, it makes us self-aware and it makes it so you can identify with like, are these thoughts my own or are they ego thoughts and are they serving a purpose right now or are they hurting me? And that's why I say it's really powerful and I need to go back and listen to it again because that's that's really what it's intended for. So end side ramp, but check out Eckhart Tolle. He's got so many great books. He's also got like a Buddhist sleep journal, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. And that's so true. It really is. It's not about getting rid of your ego. It's about becoming self-aware to the point where you recognize what is ego-based and what is more so your intuition and driven by your higher self. And so your higher self This is really connected to your true essence and just your authentic self. And your ego is more so driven by the need for validation, by fear. It's very um, self-motivated as well. I feel like it's, it's a lot about the self and it's where you prioritize yourself over like everyone else, which again, there has to be like a healthy balance, right? I feel like that's the key is to find that balance between ego and higher self intuition. I also find that ego can very easily be driven by society as well and what we think we should be doing as opposed to listening to what our true self and soul wants to be doing or thinks is good for us in particular. It's because our ego really wants to, to be noticed by other people. So if we're doing what society tells us to do constantly, then that's in some ways giving us that validation that we're doing the right thing, even though it may not be what we truly feel like we're meant to be doing. Like going to college, for example, for me was one where I followed society's expectations, but then it turned out, you know, I was so focused on achievement and success and recognition and making sure that I was doing the right thing to achieve, you know, success or whatever. And in the process, I kind of lost myself and what I really wanted to be doing by following those external motivations, I guess you could say. Mm. Yeah, you're just like, am I doing this because it serves my soul or am I doing this because of like some exterior reason? Some of the other ways too that like listeners can identify if they've got like a lot of egoic kind of running them or running like the way that they're thinking is some of the signs and symptoms, like I want to say signs and symptoms because I'm a nurse. (laughs) It's not signs and symptoms. Oh my gosh. It's like, ask yourself when you're having a conversation with someone, do you need to always be right? Mm. Can you handle having a conversation about different perspectives? And I know that this is hard too, right? Because if someone is like very aggressive, I think it kicks your ego on because you feel like that fight or flight mode. And I feel like that's when it comes in. But in general, if you're having a calm conversation with, you know, people who are appropriate and treat you with respect, do you need to always be right? Mm. And there are these people in life who are like that. Like I can think of nurses that I deal with where like, I know they're literally wrong and I'm just gonna, it's not my job. It's not my job to fix them. So I'm not going to do it. So true. And that's another thing too. It's like your higher self, it comes from a place of open-mindedness, of compassion, of love, of being able to, you know, see different sides 
of the story, different perspectives. It comes from a place of non-judgment, whereas mm-hmm. ego is like, no, like I'm, I'm going to judge because what it is, is like I was saying before, our ego is very tied in and connected to what's familiar. So if, I don't know, like I always like to try to use like an example here, and this is not something I would do, but this very is something that I, driven. that I see other people do, which is like, let's say I dyed my hair blue, right? And I go out in public and I start getting like all these looks from people or I have people like telling me like, why would you dye your hair blue? Like that does not look good at all, blah, 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 blah. But that to them is so uncomfortable because it's not something that they would personally do. And it's not something they see all the time. They don't see people with blue hair all the time. That's that's usually a unique thing that not many people do, but a lot of people do do it. You know what I'm saying? So if I were to do so that, that judgment. Yeah, it's that that judgment, judgment, that place of not understanding or feeling uncomfortable because it's not something they're familiar with seeing all the time. And this is something that society deals with in itself. When people are doing things in society that is not normally done, the ego kicks in and everybody wants to create division and separation because individuals choose to live their life differently than what was normal yeah and vice versa I think sometimes to the people who decide to live their life differently like some of those groups like I've I've seen it like in specific like diet communities or certain hobby groups or people who identify with specific things they identify with those aspects as being and it's so ego driven that that's who they are to their core that if somebody doesn't agree with or doesn't even acknowledge that or validate that that's you know what they believe they're very quick to anger and distrust and jealousy and even like violence and aggression and it's it's all ego driven because the ego is telling you okay like these aspects define who you are. But in reality, there's so much more to a person than your hobbies, your career, your sexual orientation, being married, being a mother. There's so much more, which is one of the reasons I think that you and I really love these conversations, but we also really love like astrology and human design because there's a lot more of a complex aspect to people, but we're so distracted by, like you were saying in general, like the material, the external, the definition. We, as humans and as ego-driven humans, we really crave like labels and words and how that like it's basically like the concept of this is a very hopefully I don't offend too many people because I don't think so many people are I don't think there's lots of doctors I think we actually have like more of a doctor shortage in this nation than we do like a nurse's shortage but that's a different conversation like when someone becomes an MD like a medical doctor and they want everyone to always address them as doctor. It's like, you're still a person. You're not, you're not like a doctor in every realm and every aspect of your life. Like you are more than just the doctor you became. Because they're so fixated on that achievement and success and that Being hard work they that are. they put in to like get that, that it's yes. like they want recognition for that. 
Yes. And they want everyone to recognize them, but then they, but then they take it a step further and they internalize that as who they are, but that's not really who you are. That's an external achievement separate from your spiritual, like soul and your spirit. And that's how easily ego can very easily trick us by that. Yes, exactly. And it's so easy to like lose yourself in those external things. And another piece that I was going to say was just, it's basically your ego tries to create separation, whereas your higher self tries to create unity, interconnectedness, oneness, and realizing that we are all humans and no one is better than the other because of X, Y, or Z. I kind of think like the premise, okay, I'm not condoning anything. I'm just saying my basic premise of understanding of like Christianity, that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to bring you to a higher calling so that you create a community with love, acceptance, and unity so that we can basically live that out. This is my, again, this is my understanding. And that's what God intends for his children. That's how I understand it. Do I think we're doing a good job at that? That's a different, that's a different. And you know why? Because of spiritual, because of spiritual ego. Spiritual Mm -hmm. ego is such a thing where people all of a sudden get so caught up in their religion that they think they're better than somebody else because of it. Mm -hmm. Or even I'm a better Christian than you are. Yes. Because I do this or I do that or I don't do this or I don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and that's where the, the ego can become problematic, right? Because the ego does protect us and keep us safe from harm many times, but it can also be very, very problematic. So then if we take this a step further here, what are some ways do you think that we can like connect with our higher self and kind of, I guess, bring more awareness to the ego in a sense where we're not letting it take over? our choices and our actions read the power of now <laughs> read the power of now that is a, yeah that read is it, read it because like if you're a beginner and you're and you're struggling to recognize it and you're struggling to understand like what's my thought what's my ego thinking that's really going to open your eyes because there's so many good things in there that I don't even know that like I could do a better job of explaining it if it makes if it makes sense. Let's see if I can find a couple of like really good quotes. I used to have this book as a hard copy and I had all these sticky notes and highlighted places in it. Okay. So here's like just so many powerful things are going to come up in this book that really are thought provoking. The other book that I recommend, it's Stephen Levine. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that or Levine. I'm not pronouncing that right. It's called A Gradual Awakening. And that book is also really good. That book, it talks about a lot of like these ego-driven things without necessarily calling it ego. So I would say like start with power of now and then go to a gradual spiritual awakening. And at the end, it's going to basically teach you and walk you through how to do meditation. Now, have I gotten all the way to that part of the book? No, I haven't. But I know that that's like the intended ending of the book because I've flipped through to see the end where I'm where I haven't gotten to yet. But I think that's one of the ways that meditation can bring you to your higher self instead of your ego. But sidetracking, this is from The Power of Now, A Guide to Spiritual Enlightenment by Eckhart Tolle. It says, all negativity is caused by an accumulation of psychological time in denial of the present, unease, anxiety, tension, stress, worry. 
all forms of fear are caused by too much future and not enough presence. Guilt, regret, resentment, grievances, sadness, bitterness, and all forms of non-forgiveness are caused by too much past and not enough presence. I love that because I can relate a lot, and this is where my ego comes into play. I hold on to like memories so tightly, right? Like my memory is so strong that sometimes I reflect on my childhood to bring me comfort. Like I will reflect on moments where my family was happy and together. I'll reflect on moments when I was playing as a kid in my neighborhood outside until the lights came on on a summer night. Like I reflect on these things in my life in order to bring me a sense of comfort and nostalgia. But at the same time, I can then easily get distracted and focus on like the negative things that happened back then. And that can, you know, again, stir up emotions that I don't need to be reflecting on anymore because it's in the past and it does not matter. So the power of now, it really is trying to get you to focus on the present moment because in the present moment is where you're going to find the most inner peace. When you're focusing on the past or worrying about what's going to happen that has not even happened yet, that's where the anxiety, depression comes in and that fear takes over. And you think about social media and the whole concept of like people have more than you, people are doing more than you, the concept of passive income, the concept of like being a travel blogger, like all those things create this, even the concept of like, we have a friend, right? Who's like this social media, like, raw diet type of person right and she's she's a lovely person she does eat a raw diet but we go to their apartment and on her instagram she's presenting like they live in this beautiful clean area that she's like making this food in and i go in there and it's a disaster like i when i tell you like i have clean expectations but this was like even trevor was like it was fucking messy sorry my french and If a guy thinks that, you know, it's pretty messy and like disorganized. And I'm like, it's funny because if you think about it as someone who didn't know them personally, and you just knew the social media side, you would think, oh, their lives are perfect. They're so clean and well organized and la da 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 da. But it reminded me of that, that concept that like what you see on social media is not people's real life. And they're not telling you that they may be like making all kinds of raw food all the time to eat, but that they're not showing you the background picture of like the giant mess that the rest of their life is because they're focusing on just that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's very curated. It's very curated and people can pick and choose what they want to show you, which is why it makes a lot of anxiety in the rest of the population, I feel like, because they feel pressured to be doing those things. But what we're forgetting is that like, there's other aspects of those people's lives that we're not seeing that aren't organized and well put together. And then we can even take it a step further here where I'm going to start, I'm going to throw in this thought provoking perspective, I guess. I love it. Is it really their fault that we are choosing to, I don't know, like we are choosing to compare ourselves to them and mm-hmm. what they're showing us? Yeah, like or it's not their, is fault. It their fault, you know, or is are it- they perpetuating the theme or are they just taking advantage of it? That's like a concept I feel about the Kardashians. It's like, are they really perpetuating beauty standards or are they just taking advantage of them? 
Yeah, like in in my opinion, it's like they're just showing you how they're living their life. But have they actually sat you down and said, you need to live your life this way? And this is how you need to do it and blah, 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 like follow X, Y, and Z, da, 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 da. No, I feel like we have so much more control over our lives than we realize, but we are so stuck in ego driven thinking that it keeps us in these like toxic loops of I'm not good enough. Everybody else is better than me. I'm going to compare myself and -and so-and-so sucks as a person because they present themselves this way when really they're this way or like whatever we believe about these celebrities, especially like they don't even know these people. You're bringing in the ego by bringing in the judgment. Yeah. I think like the whole concept of social media and like this new form I think that being a celebrity or being even famous, because there are celebrities who are famous who don't do shit. Mm, yeah. And you're just like, the reason that they're, they're popular is just because people are obsessed with knowing about the drama of like what's going on with their lives. And you're like, you think about it and you're like, honestly, from a higher spiritual level, if we stopped consuming this information, they wouldn't be relevant. Mm. But it's our own inability to like separate from that that like perpetuates those themes it's almost like we're we're driving our own I want to say this like we're driving our own dump truck into like a disaster and honestly I think where it becomes like the most problematic is I guess you could say with the children because at that age you don't have enough self-awareness yet to make your own decisions because I feel like at that age especially we have been conditioned to think in a way that like kids need guidance, which I think they do, right? Because they're still developing and growing and they do need guidance. And, you know, people get so mad at influencers all the time and people like Khloe Kardashian and blah, 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 because they believe that they're setting some sort of example for their children when it's like, okay, well, if you care that much, why are you allowing your children to watch them? Why yeah, are like you allowing your children yeah, access to these influencers? If you care so much, don't blame the influencers. It's not their fault. Like if they're choosing to live their life that way and they're choosing to show their life the way that they want, I truly think like, why do we care so much about what other people do with their lives? That is my problem. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. I'm just like, we care so much about how people live their life and we are so quick to judge how other people are living their life when in reality, it's like, you have so much control over what you see. You yeah, like you need to cure. You like if you're having a spiritual crisis and you find that you're like completely ego driven, you have to ask yourself, what are you consuming? What are the shows that you're watching? Who are the people you're letting in your life? Mm-hmm. What are the things you're constantly viewing on Instagram? I have talked about this, I think, on this podcast, or maybe I was just talking about it to you in general. I can't remember, but like I've had to curate my Instagram so that I don't follow specific and it limits some of my access to some information, but I had to limit like macro coach people. I was macro recipe people, sorry, that I was following on social media and fitness people I I was following on social media because it got to a point where like I was watching them and seeing that they had this, what I consider in my ego, the ideal desirable body for someone to have that it was literally inhibiting me from even like getting in my movement or wanting to eat healthy because I was like, 
well, I'm never going to get there anyway. And these people are doing all these things and it's information overload. I can't handle this. And then you look at what they look like and you look at what you look like and you look at what they have and that they, you know, that this is their job. And you're like, okay, well, you know, this is not my job and I have to like really work for this. And then you get frustrated and you don't want to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if we want to take it even a step further, when you have these feelings come up, right, where you can notice your ego, like, for example, somebody looking at Khloe Kardashian and being so mad at her for whatever reason, whether it's them thinking that she's not showing her true self and that she's like photoshopping or that she's has all this money but didn't have to do anything to get there, whatever the thoughts or limiting beliefs you have about other people, when those come up to the surface, you have to challenge yourself. Ask yourself, why do I feel this way about them? What is this stemming from? Because most of the time it's stemming from some sort of insecurity. And I hate to say that, but it's just so true. That's like, ego-driven. The it insecurity is. is ego-driven because it's not even real. It's the inability of being present and secure with like who you are in the moment. And I'm struggling with that now. I think you're struggling with that now. I think it's something like you were saying, we're all going to continue to have seasons uh, where it happens. And yes. the question is, how are you handling it? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? So that I'm kind of interested to see some of the journal prompts that you have. Yeah, I was going to say that actually segues us great into the journaling prompts because this helps you really dive deep into, you know, your own emotions, your own thoughts and perspectives and kind of get to the root of issues. So for our first question we have for our first journaling prompt, reflect on a recent situation where you felt very aligned and connected with your higher self. What qualities or values did you embody in that moment? And how can you cultivate more of that energy in your daily life? Mm. So I know first or you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go first. Um, So basically, like I had an experience recently where like I had a patient that I was working with and like they needed this one like scan thing done. And it literally dictated the entire rest of their care plan. And they had like five different medical teams following them, like five different specialties. And all of the specialties were waiting on the scan to see like, okay, how are we going to proceed with the treatment care plan? And they had an entire day to do this. And the scanning people dropped the ball. Physical therapy people dropped the ball. The nurse kind of dropped the ball a little bit. And by like not following up, I think, with her chain of command to make sure that like the information she was getting from physical therapy and the scanning people was right. And so it just never got done. So literally I'm working my third shift. It's like six o'clock in the morning. I'm about to leave in 45 minutes. The patient is awake and is like, I'm ready to do this. And, you know, there's a big part of me that could have been like, I'm tired. I'm not doing this. I'm going to be like, we'll hold off. And I said, okay, let's go. Let's do this right now. Like, let's get this done because everything else is waiting on this. And I knew that I felt good about, you know, if I have to spend 10, 30, 40 extra minutes of my own life at work, it didn't matter because I knew that the person I was taking care of was going to get to their next step that same day because that was the first thing that we did was the first thing that needs to be done that dictates everything else. And I did it with, I didn't expect to get anything in return. I didn't want anything in return and I didn't get or 
really get anything other than like her appreciation, which did feel good, but I wasn't expecting it. And so I just did it because I knew it needed to be done and it was a priority. And I knew in my heart, like, I have the time to do this. Why am I going to slack off and not do that? And now that I'm saying this out loud, I realized that I'm doing the opposite for myself and my own person. (laughs) (laughs) This is why we have journal prompts. It brings like, this is reflection. And then before you know it, you realize things. But that's a great example. And I actually love, because I do think too, another ego-driven thing is doing things with expectation, right? Like that you're going to get something in return. Oh yeah. You're like, okay, well, I'll help you with this because I know like later my mom- Hold it over your head. Yes. My mom would be like, okay, I'll do that for you. No problem in the moment. And then like, you know, she would need something and she would be like, well, I did X, Y, and Z for you. And it's, you know, where it's really easy to do that. And I, Trevor and I had a conversation about this is in a marriage because mm. it's very easy to be like, well, I did this yeah. and this and you've done nothing. Yeah. And I don't want to be that kind of wife. So it's very hard to move away from, but it, it can be really dangerous to your relationships because you're comparing like, you know, tip of like, yeah, yeah. Instead of being like, Hey, I could just really use your help today. Like I'm tired or being like, Hey, I did all these things just so you know that they're done. Yeah. And I think many in relationships, especially like committed long-term living together relationships can relate to that. The fact that we do like the tit for tat thing where it's like, well, I did this, blah, 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 blah. So like, you should be doing this for me. And yeah, which I'm glad we don't have that personality trait on our podcast, because there are a lot of times where you do all of the behind the scenes work of everything and I'm just chilling. Oh yeah, no. And that's totally fine. Like too, like I do it because I want to do it. Like I'm not going to hold that against you, you know? And I think that's really important. So for me in this situation, I would say that, I mean, you described it in the beginning of this. I did. I've overcame a fear recently, but also here's like another thing, just like people around me in my life in general have been conceiving children and it would be so easy for me to react in a way where like I close myself off I'm unsupportive of their journeys I am you know mad resentful not willing to help them out and like celebrate them but I've gotten to a place in my journey where I have been able to work through that where I can show up for them and be okay with that and actually be excited to show up for them and to be willing to support their journey and not allowing my ego to kind of take over and be resentful envious of course like there's part of me that I really wish that it was my turn, but I'm not going to close myself off from being there for the the people that I love because of that, you know? And I feel like if I was in a different part of my, like a different stage of my life way back in the day, I probably wouldn't be this way that I am now. And I probably would have acted in a way more egoic way. We're going to kind of wrap this up with two more questions. So let's see, list five qualities or values that are important to your higher self and how can you embody these qualities more? Mm -hmm. I wrote it, I had to write a statement for like nursing school and I feel like there's always one like quality or virtue or value that like literally encompasses all of mine and that's integrity. Like everything I do, I want to do it with integrity But now that I'm talking to you about it, I feel like I do that a lot for other people 
or in terms of like work or career, but I'm not really doing it for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I'm like, mm, maybe I should not stop, but like focus more on doing things with intention and integrity for myself and yes. then let it flow outward from there instead of doing it externally and then having nothing to give myself. So true. And you know what? Sometimes, you know, connecting with our higher self, because we do say like the ego is driven by self, but also you need to find a healthy balance because you don't want to be so self-sacrificing that you have nothing left to give to yourself as well. So I think that's really important to recognize where you're giving and giving, giving and have and leading a certain way for everybody else, but not for yourself. I think that's why nursing is so hard because especially if you work several days in a row, it's like you don't have time to rest. You have to prep everything in your personal life because you literally have to prioritize sleep on your off time if you're working several shifts in a row. So you have the energy to go back to the hospital and do what you're doing. And it's just like you spend all that time taking care of other people and dedicating all that time to taking care of other people. And it's physically and emotionally draining to the point where like when you're off, you don't want to do anything. Yeah, you're off. off. And you're off, you're even like off yourself. And it's like, so you're still continuing that cycle where like you're still not doing anything for yourself except maybe resting. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a slippery slope. And I think, honestly, if I had to really point to like why I think people move, there's many complicated reasons, I think, politically in nursing, why people move from the bedside, because a lot of nursing administrations just don't care about bedside nurses. And they do that through depiction of their actions. <laughs> but in general, that's what you do a lot of. And it's exhausting. And if you're you're doing it with intention and integrity and a lot of like heartfelt meaning first of all emotionally that's draining and then secondly you're physically like exhausted because you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing exactly as you're supposed to be doing it with care and kindness that's a lot that is a lot that is a lot yeah and for the sake of the time running out we'll just name one quality for me it would be compassion is definitely something that i i hold on to tightly But compassion with boundaries, I think, is important because I think it's easy to lead with compassion, but then also get stuck in the self-sacrificing, getting taken advantage of energy. So you need to have compassion. Or even like feeling good by self-sacrificing. Like I know people in my life who are like that. Your ego is like driven by self-sacrificing and being essentially like, what is the word? A martyr? Is that what the word is? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't remember what that means. Trevor is not here for me to ask. All right. Well, I don't know. I might have used that term wrong. Not sure. But anyway, essentially, it's like some, what I'm trying to say is like people who self-sacrifice themselves because they want the recognition or the appreciation for like all that they do. So they think that they have to do, give their absolute all to everyone in order to get that external recognition, validation, whatever it may be, instead of actually just leading a compassionate life because you want to. Yeah. I don't know if I'm making sense now. (laughs) I got so sidetracked and distracted by the beeping my neighbor's car always around this time. But we actually do have to wrap this up because we have other meetings to get to. So we're going to wrap this up here, but I want to say um, I'll list off some additional journal prompts for you guys. We just won't answer them. That way you just have them. So I have imagine your highest and most authentic self. What does that version of you look like? 
How does it feel to embody that state of being and write out a detailed description and explore ways to integrate those aspects into your daily life? Then I have reflect on a situation where you felt triggered or reactive. What underlying fears or insecurities might have influenced your ego's response? And how can you approach similar situations from a place of love and compassion in alignment with your higher self? Lastly, explore your relationship with success and achievement. How does your ego influence your pursuit of success? How can you redefine success from a perspective that aligns with your higher self's values? So there's a few to get you guys started with kind of deep diving into this topic. Hopefully you found this episode helpful. We always love chatting with you guys. So we will talk to you next week. Until next time. Bye guys. Bye.